Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making Coast of Mississippi such an amazing place to live, work, and play. Hey, look, we get this opportunity on a daily basis to, to really focus on people who are making a difference in our community. Um, they come from so many walks, walks of life. They could be an entrepreneur. They can be someone just volunteering their time in the community. It could be someone who works in one of the many major corporations here in coastal Mississippi who are you know, committing their energy not only to make their companies the you know large and successful employers, but also working in the community, build a better community. They come from so many walks of life, like I say. Um, I've been really looking forward to this next guest, uh, Judge Mike Dickinson, because he, the work that he does with the youth of of, um, of, of really coastal Mississippi, but mostly Harrison County, is incredibly important. And um, he is the county court judge. He handles all youth court matters for Harrison County. But he, before he got into that job, he was very focused on doing all kinds of work as it related to foster children and other things involving children's justice. And we'll, we'll come back to that in a second. But before we go any further, let me just welcome Judge Dickinson to Coast View. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing great. Thanks, Ricky. I really appreciate you having me on today. It's been it's been good to see you. Look, when we when when uh, the judge joined us this morning, um, he came in. We had no video issues, no microphone issues. It just he joined. But you've gotten pretty good at doing remote work, haven't you? That's right. I mean, COVID threw a wrench in just about everything and we have got an amazing staff an amazing it group and they just immediately transformed us over into virtual hearings and uh, we really like it i mean you know there's a lot of folks in the community that have transportation problems and difficulty getting down to the southeast corner of harrison county for these hearings and so the fact that we're able to, um, you know, bring them in on a telephone from wherever they are is very, very convenient. Uh, and I, I've, I've gotten fairly decent at figuring out how to work it. Uh, and I'm glad we didn't have any connection problems this morning when I logged on. Yeah, same here with Coastview. When we started Coastview on January the 6th, 2020, um, I remember going to the front door and watching my watch as guests would arrive from all over coastal Mississippi, some driving from Jackson County, some driving from Hancock County. I always worried what, because it was a live program at the time, I always worried what if what, they didn't show up because I wasn't a radio guy. I was ready to have a conversation with someone, not with myself. And, uh, you know, they all showed up, that was for sure. But when COVID hit and we started doing remote, one of the underlying benefits, actually, is what you just pointed out, that people don't have to drive to the station now. We can we can talk to them, and and, we, and and obviously, from a scheduling point of view, if you're coming from Jackson or Hancock County, you don't have to do this huge block of time. We can, we can get together in a very short period of time and have a great conversation. We get to see you in, in your domain. You know, people are a little bit more comfortable when they're in their own places as opposed to sitting in a live studio. But, uh, you know, for sure, that's uh, that's at least one of the benefits that come from COVID. There aren't many others that that that, that we can talk about. Uh, you went to Mississippi State University. Uh, you got a degree in accounting. You went to Mississippi College Law School. You actually worked for 14 years in civil litigation in Gulfport. It's always interesting to see the path that judges take. 
Um, tell me a little bit about that path, but then ultimately, when you you know when you decided to run for uh, election to be, become this this particular position. Sure. So, uh, like you said, I practiced um, 14 years of civil litigation. It was primarily defense work, insurance defense work, defending uh, insureds on various kinds of cases. Uh, I, I didn't really dabble in a whole lot in the beginning. Uh, and didn't do anything at all in the world of child welfare. Uh, so <clears throat> probably, I don't remember how many years ago it was, but I ended up handling an adoption that was pro bono, never handled an adoption before in my life, didn't know what was required, but I knew how to find the law. And so uh, this was happened to be a case where a little girl was born to parents who were heroin addicts and she was addicted to heroin. Uh, and we were able to transform that case into an adoption. And it kind of changed my my perspective, really, on what my purpose, uh, you know, in my life was, what I was supposed to do. <clears throat> and shortly after that, um, I began feeling this unusual tug on my heart to become a foster dad. I don't, you know, I know I'm, I, that came from the good Lord. I know that. Um, but I had never dreamed that I would ever be a foster parent, never dreamed they would actually accept me as a foster parent. Uh, you know, I had kind of a crazy past, uh, but it, it was something that I knew that I felt I was being called to do. And I, when I got the courage up to sit down and talk to my wife about it, we decided we would go ahead and get plugged in. And that was back in uh, 2016 when we became first licensed and took, you know, took in a child. Um, before that, um, I, I think we may have mi mentioned to you that one of apologize one of the uh, one of the things that also pushed me in this direction of child welfare was uh, we had at our church, which was Michael Memorial Baptist Church out on John Clark. Um, we had begun sort of a ministry uh, that was called Rescue One Hundred, and it was intended to boost the number of foster homes in Harrison County. At the time, you know, we didn't have any idea what what the situation was like in, in child welfare in Harrison County. We didn't know how many kids were in custody. We didn't know what was needed. And we come to find out that that we desperately needed foster homes back in the, the 2018, 2017, 2016 timeframe. And so uh, we started that ministry, uh, got it off the ground. It reduced the training uh, from five weeks down to a weekend which is actually now it's down to a day and most of the training is online. Uh, but, you know, when you when you feel the call to become a foster parent, you don't want to wait nine months to a year to start doing the work. You want to go on and get plugged in. So that was kind of my introduction uh, into the world of child welfare. Uh, in 2018, I began again feeling a call to do more for the, the families and the kids in this county. And I decided to run for the youth court judge position. And by the grace of God, I was elected. And we have just, it's it's been, this staff here, Ricky, is incredible. We have an amazing youth court staff. Uh, they do such a wonderful job. They're so well-trained. They're good at what they do. They're passionate about it. And they truly, truly love the families and the kids in this county. And they want what's best for them. And they are willing to fight for them. And it, it's it's just been a blessing beyond belief for me to be able to walk into this and and, you know, and work in this environment with these folks. So your wife, Siobhan, has been a terrific partner for you on this foster child journey, hasn't she? She has. She's an amazing woman. I got lucky. I hit the jackpot with her. 
<laughs> you have three biological child children, and you actually ended up adopting one of the foster uh, children. That's right. We we had a child that came to us right before I was elected, and uh, <clears throat> he stayed with us for. Uh, well, he's been with us the whole time. He came to us at 20 days old. And then last year, we finally got to the point where we were able to finalize the adoption. And so we, we were able to celebrate that this year. Wow, that's, that's really incredible. One of my passions, one of my passions with this show has been to talk about human trafficking. Human trafficking, just generally, people think of it as something that happens in a faraway land. They don't realize that most of it could be your neighbor. And human trafficking as it involves children. You know, I think about I think about someone dying from COVID on a respirator at a hospital. It's hard for people hard for to people think about think that. About you know, that. I think about foster children and who have significant needs. It's hard for people to think about that. You know, they it, you, it takes a certain kind of person to really dive in and 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 begin to own the solutions. I think about kids that are involved in human trafficking. It's almost unbelievably difficult to get your head around that. So you, you first of all, as it relates to the training of others, you certainly once they have a calling to do that, you don't want to delay the reality of that. You want to you want to latch onto them while you can. Um, but it does take a special type of person who's willing to look it in the face in order to deal with it. And uh, you see that every day, don't you? We do. And you're absolutely right. I mean, it it is hard, hard, hard to be a foster parent sometimes because, you know, you love these kids so much. And, you know, you know that the overarching goal in the law is to re hopefully re be able to reunify them with their parents. Uh, you know, most of the time that works, but a lot of the time it doesn't work. And, you know, when it does work, sometimes it's hard to say goodbye to those kiddos. You don't want to, mm -hmm. you don't, you look at them as your own children, you love them as your own children. And, you know, it's heartbreaking, but, you know, our foster parents, uh, and foster parents around this state understand that, you know, fostering is, is less about finding a family for your child and more about giving your family uh, for a child so it's it's a it, while it is heartbreaking it is a blessing uh always a blessing but it, it can it can hurt and it does take a special kind of a person to do that work we're having a conversation with judge mike, judge mike uh, dickinson he is uh essential official county court judge handling all youth matters in Harrison County. When we come back, I want to talk to him about how he doesn't get numb to issues. How, how does he make sure that he is applying, you know, the sort of personal focus on each child so that those that really have an opportunity to rise above the challenges that they're facing uh, can you know become incredibly happy people in their lives? I know there, there's so many difficult situations he has to face. I want to hear how what he brings to the table that keeps his mind and his heart fresh as he goes through that process. We'll be back after this break. Coast View on Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I-10 Exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1.
Welcome back to Coast View. Um, I have the pleasure of being joined by Judge Mike Dickinson, who is essentially the, the youth court judge for Harrison County. One of the things that he and I talked about off offline before we started the show today was back in my early uh, days at the Sun-Herald, I was involved in an organization, excuse me, a, a volunteer effort at, at the at the uh, uh, youth court system called the Volunteers in Probation. And it was volunteers that helped, uh, you know, became sort of role models, uh, big brothers and sisters to kids that have maybe faced some difficult times in their lives. And uh, the goal was to, you know, give them coaching and help them understand that there's hope and et cetera. There were a couple of cases uh, that were really, really difficult. In fact, the, the longer I volunteered, the tougher the cases got. I guess they trusted me. And uh, one in particular really hit me because I, I remember this, this young man was so, gosh, man, he was so smart. He was a, such a good looking kid. Had, he had really the world by the tail, but he had just such a tough surrounding. So, uh, you know, the people around him were, you know, in, in the drug abuse, and it was just a very difficult situation. I bet you face situation like that every day where you see a kid that has enormous opportunity, enormous potential, but their environment is just terrible. How do you deal with that, Mike? Well, it, so you're absolutely right. Uh, to be, begin with, the the one of the most common themes I think you're going to see at any youth court uh, and, you know, in any community is the the trauma that kids go through as a child. And, and you see how that manifests as they grow up, uh, the things that they do, the acting out, that sort of thing. And then you see how it manifests uh, later on in life when they become parents themselves and their parenting skills. And, uh, and so we do put a lot of focus on trying to get down to the heart of what is wrong uh, and, and address any unaddressed trauma that may be there from childhood. Um, I, Ricky, it's it's a tough job. The thing, all people have asked me many times, how do you sleep at night with the, thing, with the stuff you hear? And the truth is, you know, we have set up this court in a fashion where it operates. We are a team. Uh, we have uh, a prosecutor. We have a parent representative who represents the parents. Uh, we have a guardian ad litem who's phenomenal. Um, we have CPS workers and CASA advocates, uh, and we all come to the table, uh, and everybody is gets an opportunity to be heard uh, and make a recommendation on what is best. And so when I make a decision on a case, I'm not making Mike Dickinson's decision. I'm making a decision based on recommendations from every single point of view from everyone who has touched the case. Uh, and so that gives me a lot of, you know, um, it, it quails my concerns that I may have about maybe making a wrong decision because, you know, there's no perfect parent. There's no perfect child. There's certainly no perfect judge. And all you can do is surround yourself with with good folks and trust in them, make sure they're trained well and and do the best you can do with the information that you have at the time. And so that, that's what it is. I, of course, I'm, I'm also a, uh, a person of faith. I believe in the good Lord and um, I rely a lot on my church family and, and on prayer. Uh, and without it, it just, you know, it wouldn't be possible. It's, it's a tough job. If you had to if you had to put a percentage to it um, and again, you don't, you won't know this precisely, but I'm curious about it. How often what percentage of the total cases are where they are because the parents were involved in some type of drug or alcohol abuse? 
Uh, I would say it's anywhere from 80 to 90% of the cases. Drug, wow. drug abuse is rampant. And uh, it is, uh, like I said, 80 to 90% of the time, it's some sort of a contributing factor which led to CPS involvement in that family's life. It's very definitely there. Wow, that's tough. That's tough. So just in terms of your own heart, I, I, I got a sense that, for, first of all, you you have a tremendous confidence in the team that surrounds you. You're, you're really working hard to make sure you make the best decision possible. I get it. I get a sense of your faith, and that helps. But how do you stay fresh? What is it that you do to bring enthusiasm and passion to this this job so that maybe one of your team members might be having a bad day that you can see that and make sure that you're making the best decision possible How, what do you do to stay fresh on this well like i said um you know i i, I do a lot of prayer and uh a lot of soul searching I, when i sat down with my folks here in the very beginning uh i i told them you know examine what we do we and when we enter the lives of these folks uh they are absolutely broken and we are in a very very unique position to be able to minister to these families that you know we're all ministers in some form we minister to our families and our friends and uh, our co-workers and and the folks in our community we are all ministers um but I look at what we do as kind of a ministry. It gives up us an opportunity to come in and insert as much hope and faith and love and forgiveness uh, and mercy as we possibly can. And you know, hopefully uh, build a relationship with these families and let them understand that, you know, while, yes, this is a court, we're a team. We're a problem solving court. We're not a criminal court. We're here to try to fix the issue. Uh, whatever that may be, and, and put a family back together if we can possibly do that. That's our goal. And, uh, you know, I think I think uh, for me, you know, my wife's a big support to me. Uh, like I said, my, my team is a big support. My family is all in. My kids are, you know, as we mentioned earlier, uh, we fostered for six years now, and um, my kids are just wonderful about it. They, you know, it's amazing to me how quickly they matured. Uh, and I mean, they still get in sibling fights, but boy, they just wrap themselves around these foster kids and, and uh, you know, treat them as brothers and sisters. That's so special to hear. It really is. You know, the thing that, um, the thing that is so important, you, you didn't mention this, but I think it's inherent in all those qualities that you want to bring to the table is trust. What I remember about the children that I came in contact with is that most of them didn't trust most people who are around them. That is a huge issue, isn't it? It is. It is. And that is true. No matter if you're talking about abuse and neglect cases, or you're talking about delinquency cases or uh, children in need of supervision cases, trust is always going to be an issue. Uh, and, you know, attachment and relationships to adults and good adults, uh, good yeah. role models, uh, that's, yeah. that's always a factor. Well, the Mississippi Supreme Court has a lot of different areas that it's focused on, and I had the pleasure of, of uh, when I was publisher of the Sun-Herald, of serving on the Access to Justice, Justice Commission, which is about getting uh, free legal advice to people in need. And I saw where you actually on the Commission for Children's Justice, but th I mean, this is a really important conversation that's happening there, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, in terms of access to justice that's one of you, you know you think about it, and i've said this a million times but you if you start talking about trying to take away 
you know, my kids versus you could take away my assets. You can take away my house, my car, but you start talking about trying to take away my kids and it's a different thing altogether. Um, it's a different kind of pain. It's a different kind of fight. And so it, you know, when I come in here and I see these parents walk through the door and they don't have counsel, I think, well, you've got to have counsel. And so we're just, we're very blessed in Harrison County. Not every county is able to have a full-time parent representative, someone to come on board and represent these parents. But we have one. The county, the county took care of that issue. And uh, it, it has helped us navigate these cases. It, it helps us reach permanency much quicker for these kids. It also develops uh, and, and in a lot of cases really helps out CPS in terms of the things that they need to be doing because if they come in and, and they haven't done what they need to do, well, they know they're going to take the stand and get grilled by, by an attorney about it. Uh, yeah. So I fully believe uh, in in parent, rep parent representative, representatives, attorneys to represent these these parents is crucial, in my opinion. Um, so we, yeah, go okay. So you can finish your thought. Sure. Well, and I was just going to say that you know, as far as the Commission on Children's Justice, uh, I was appointed earlier this year, and we have had one meeting up there. Are a lot of things that that commission wants to look at in terms of child welfare across the state. Uh, and we'll make recommendations to the Supreme Court on things that we can do better. Well, there's a lot we can talk about the next time we get together. I don't. We don't have enough time to get into it now. Like, what's the current state of child of, uh, welfare in the state, and changes that are being made. I just want to mention that Judge Favre, who's been on my my show before, you and he have really connected, and he brings the sort of same sort of passion to his role as you bring to yours. Y'all have made a pretty good team, haven't you? We have. I, Judge Favre is just a blessing. Uh, you know, we he and I came in. He came in about a year before I did. Uh, we were both trained, uh, obviously, by the Mississippi Judicial College. We, in terms of the way we view these cases, uh, we we see eye to eye on so many things, and we have collaborated on quite a few things. Um, something we can certainly talk about. Uh, when you have time is, is uh, trust-based relational intervention, TBRI. It's something that we're hoping to try to implement in, the, in both Harrison and Hancock uh, counties. Uh, but it's all about relationships. It's all about uh, teaching a, an adult and a child who has been through trauma to communicate with each other uh, and hopefully you know, heal from that trauma. Um, but yeah, Judge Favre's just been a blessing. Well, what I see is uh, two men who are doing their roles, important roles in the communities uh, here in Coastal Mississippi who, who have their hearts wrapped around <laughs> this incredible obligation and responsibility they have. Listen, we'll come back together again. We'll actually schedule that soon. I'd like to get a little bit deeper into the Resource Center and all kinds of other things we can be talking about. But this has been a great introduction. And uh, I really appreciate you, Judge Mike Dickinson, for joining me this morning. Thank you, Ricky. I really appreciate you having me on. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.